Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. On this episode of Locked on Jets, we're going to be taking a look at all of the trade deadline fodder you can handle. We're going to be going by ESPN's uh, list of a position-by-position breakdown, but I'm not really going to be using their analysis. I'm going to be mostly looking at players they've selected and giving some thoughts on which ones I really feel are, are worth teams pursuing and which players are probably better off getting the pass. We'll also identify some targets that I think might be really good options for the Jets, especially for building next year's team, because not everyone who is a trade deadline rental is actually going to be the kind of player that you only keep around for a short term. Some of these guys really do deserve long-term deals, and I feel like there are some targets the Jets should be keeping very close tabs on. We'll go into who, what, why, when, where, how, yada, 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 all of this on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey friends, we are uh, kicking off tonight's thoughts on free agents as identified by ESPN. We have a lot of different positions to cover and we're not going to get to all of it on tonight's episode. Probably over the next couple of weeks we'll change um, maybe some of our focuses on which positions we're interested in and which players have come off the market, which ones are definitely locked up, and which ones are actually on the block for real. Now, according to this list, the uh, the centers available There's not a lot that I think most teams would be super interested in. One of the first names that probably gets at least a little bit of interest is going to be Max Domi. Now, Domi, he's one of those guys that I feel like, you know, his reputation kind of exceeds the actual player that he is. Max, at this stage of his career, is probably, you know, like somewhere between a second and a third liner, which, you know, if you're looking for a guy who can bring a physical forecheck, who has a bit of a nasty release when in close and can maybe bring a little bit of scoring depth to a team that might be a little bit shorthanded, Domi could probably tick off the boxes for a team if they're willing to pay his price. Uh, Domi won't really be super cheap because there is a version of him that was a lot more productive um, before he had a lot of injuries and stuff this year. I, I do think that Max can be a top six contributor on a team that maybe doesn't have the greatest, uh, you know, wing or center depth. You can really use Domi just about anywhere, um, but you do kind of have to be aware of his defensive deficiencies being a bit, bit of an issue, and also at times his discipline hasn't been ideal. So he does, you know, mix it up a little bit. He'll he'll drop the gloves. He's taken some reckless penalties here and there. Nothing too crazy, you know. He doesn't really get suspended very often, but he's just a guy that I feel. In the right environment, he might really shine, especially if you're looking for like a, a physical grindy for checking wing. But it's going to really depend on, you know, his form and his health, especially heading into the playoff stretch. 
All of that said, I could definitely see him bringing in a first. I, I feel like with salary retained, the Jackets have a very prime rental option. This is a guy that a lot of teams would probably have a, a market interest in. I would not be interested in the Jets pursuing him for a lot of reasons, but for other teams out there who might be competing, Domi is probably one of the better center options that you might have, especially because he does have that positional versatility. One of the next centers that teams might have an interest in is Andrew Cogliano, and yeah, Andrew is one of those guys that's definitely a fourth liner. There was a, a point at which he was considered like this really uh, do-it-all kind of middle six player, somebody who you know, had that Ironman streak going on for a while and could basically be a PKer. He could assist at your 5v5 uh, scoring opportunities, had a decent release, was a very hardworking, grindy player. But at this stage of his career, I don't really know how much he actually has left in the tank. He's been not horrendous, I guess, for the uh, for the Sharks, but certainly he is very much in fourth line territory. You're not really looking for a lot from him these days. He'll probably go for like maybe a second or a third round pick or something like that. But I really don't know how much he's going to be contributing to a team that really needs a lot of scoring punch. One of the other players that teams might have an interest in maybe punting on, and this one is kind of like a higher risk. Um, well, I guess you can't really say even higher risk because at this rate, he doesn't really have a lot of a reputation. I don't think he'd be that expensive. And he is still kind of young-ish. Uh, this is Christian Fisher from the Yotes. Fisher at one point was very much a heralded talent as somebody with a monster release and, and a really good forechecking presence. I don't really know that his game has ever materialized into something beyond like a third or a fourth liner. Some teams might think, you know, his 24 years uh, on this earth might be worth giving a shot, but his production just really has never taken off. And so I can't imagine that there's all these teams out there that are scouting Arizona and really thinking he's got something special. It's not like a Connor Garland situation where Garland was consistently creating and really getting into good scoring opportunities. Fisher is just kind of there. And he's not like the worst player you could trade for, but I just don't really see him bringing in a huge return. And, you know, this is not the kind of guy that I would really be interested in the Jets pursuing either. I think that he can be a capable NHLer at a certain level, I just don't think that it's anything where a team is getting really excited and is is honestly looking to lock him up. He is definitely like a rental kind of player, and then you would probably have to sign him for like, I don't know, an arbitration deal or something like one and a half million by two or three years. Not anything super, super expensive. Now, for the centers, those tend to be the pretty low-end names, I would say. These are guys that'll most likely have a, a couple of suitors. I definitely think Domi will be the most popular of those three. But the next guys that we're going to talk about, these ones are the big fish. And these players could really get some uh, longer-term interest, especially for teams that might be considering extending them past their rental usage. Before we take a look at the bigger fish, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about Bilt Bar and why they're the best-tasting protein bars on the market. They're ideal for those of you who are looking to stay on track for your New Year's resolutions. It's the New Year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bilt Bar in your New Year's plans. Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's even better for you. They make it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it, unlike all those other waxy, chalky, boring protein bars you're used to. 
Built Bars are coated in 100% real chocolate and contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Good luck finding a candy bar that's as guilt-free as Built Bars are. Ready to make the change? Go through your cupboards or all of your secret snack stashes and throw out all the junky, calorie-laden, super sugary foods that you can replace with Built Bars. You don't even have to love working out. Built Bars are suitable for every lifestyle and can help you cut calories the tasty way. To get started, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Start your New Year's resolutions off the Built way. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Also, don't forget to check out Locked On NHL. It's one of our awesome podcasts featuring nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe today so you can stay locked on all of the hottest NHL action around the league. Panning back over to ESPN's uh, trade deadline, trade bait list, you know, we've gone through a couple of centers that I think might be decent options for teams looking to maybe take a little bit of a risk here and there. Uh, maybe some veteran presences that, you know, teams are looking for their fourth line or even their third line. You know, the, these teams, everyone has some kind of a need in their depth right now, especially with COVID and injuries continuing to decimate ranks. But now we're starting to move on to the bigger fish. And these guys, you know, they're going to be looking for contracts after they get traded. And some of them, you know, might actually be decent targets for the Jets. The first big fish is going to be Claude Giroux. And Giroux, I, I think, doesn't really have a lot of places on his list that he would accept a trade to. Claude is definitely like a heavy hitter if you're looking for a clear top six goal scorer who can be a really versatile threat at even strength and can still also contribute on the power play. Giroux's play driving ability might not be as elite as it used to be, you know, probably more like a modest second liner, but his offensive production is still very good. You know, he's got some juice left in the tank, and if you're a team like Colorado that really feels this is basically the last piece on your quest for NHL uh, championship glory. I mean, Giroux, it's really hard to argue against trying to loan him out. The only thing is that his cap situation is a little bit expensive, so you probably do have to work around some salary issues. But Captain Claude, if you're chasing the Stanley Cup, this is a guy that you would definitely want to target if you feel maybe your top nine needs that extra level of elite scoring ability. Other than Colorado, I don't really know how many other teams could really fit his cap hit. You know, the Avs are definitely tight. Most of the uh, the West is is definitely up, up against the cap. I'm not sure the Wild or the Blues, who are also linked to Giroux, also have like a lot of cap space either. So this is going to be a tight one. I, I feel like Giroux may not actually have all that many options when it comes down to it. The next name on this list is somebody that you know, maybe a year or two ago, I might have had more of an interest in, and that is Tomas Hurdle. Uh, Hurdle is probably one of the more underrated NHL centers out there. I think he's been one of uh, San Jose's greatest offensive talents over the past several years, and I really feel like for some reason, he just never really gets any sort of attention. His contract is extremely cheap relative to the value that he brings. Um, he's a super creative player. Uh, he has, he's got great spatial awareness. His passing is on point. He's got a great shot. He's got a very strong frame. Hurdle is one of those players that if you put him in the right environment, he's going to be like a 75 or an 80 point player without even trying. I mean, this guy 
is a monster. Already through 49 games on a kind of middling Sharks team, he's had 40 points, right? So this is a guy you just really can't look away from. He does have a little bit of an injury history, though, and that's kind of something that is a bit of an issue with him. That said, I don't really see many arguments uh, against trading for Hurdle if you're a team, again, like the Avs or maybe some of these other squads, that wants a really good value-priced addition who will immediately slot into your top six. In fact, I don't think there are many teams out there where he wouldn't immediately land on a first or a second line. Honestly, I don't know how much his trade market uh, value would bring in because he would be one of the top uh, free agents that you could possibly trade for as a rental. Uh, you know, obviously a first rounder is going to be part of the package. I would imagine a couple of prospects of some sort. I mean, it's just you don't really find many players like Hurdle who are going to be coming in. And I know that he is a UFA at the age of 28, so his next contract is going to be hefty, right? But if you're a team that already intends to sign him, you want to get the jump in first. You want to loan him for a, a nice playoff run. This is a guy that you would probably move heaven and earth to try and bring in as a rental. Obviously, rentals are always a, a huge risk. And honestly, the value is kind of mixed on a lot of them. But Hurdle is one of those guys that I would probably be all right taking a punt on. I, I really like him. And if the Jets were in a different position, I would have been very hot to trot for Tomas maybe being an option. The only reason I, I would think he would actually be a, a choice for the Jets is if Winnipeg maybe wanted to swap Shifley or something. Uh, I would imagine the Sharks maybe have to add a bit there just because Shifley does have some term. But, you know, the Jets are probably not eager to swap somebody with contract control for an upcoming free agent that needs a huge raise. And, you know, it's not even guaranteed that Tomash would even want to stick around Winnipeg. I think he's looking for like a really good championship caliber team and the amount that San Jose would probably have to add to the package. I would imagine the Sharks aren't really looking to do that kind of deal. If anything, I think San Jose is probably trying to figure out how to shed salary, if nothing else, to even offer Hurdle a real contract. I mean, I don't think they really want to let him go and Hurdle himself actually has expressed interest in staying. So his name on the trade block, it's a little bit questionable, but you know, there is a scenario in which he does get traded, and I could see quite a few teams lining up. I mean, like I said, you know, he is kind of towards the end of his prime, I would say. Uh, 28 is kind of when you're starting to really hit your decline. Not super fast for a lot of players, but, you know, you're only a couple of years removed from being 30, and that's that's really like the cliff for most average forwards. Hurdle probably has some staying power, but how much more you really want to say it's it's tough. You you have to be careful about really extending him long term. I would say like a five year deal max is probably what his next contract might look like. But in the meantime, as long as he remains at least rumored to be a trade target, you know, half the league is going to be in on him. Now, coming up in just a little bit, I have a few more players, um, particularly centers that I would like to talk about. And one of them is somebody that if I'm the Jets or even a Jets fan, I'm kind of pounding the table and asking for Winnipeg to take a really long and hard look at, because I think this guy might actually be a really, really valuable trade addition if the Jets can land a really good deal. We'll talk about who this mystery player is in just a little bit, but before we go any further, I do want to let you know about BetOnline.net and why they should be your number one choice for all of your online betting needs, especially as we are creeping up on the NHL playoff run and some of the hottest Stanley Cup action around. Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this upcoming playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Not into football? No problem. 
BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. They've even got great lines for all of you Winnipeg Jets fans. From player points totals to award winners and more. Want to bet on Hellebuck winning another Vezina trophy? Log into BetOnline.net right now and place your bet. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. To get started, register for a free account with BetOnline.net right now. Start winning today because BetOnline is where the game starts. Before we go any further, I thought you should hear about why RockAuto.com is the best place to buy your auto parts. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there, and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need, and you find out they don't even have it in stock. If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you can save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Hey friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight with some additional centers that are currently on the trade block or most likely on the trade block for a couple of teams who are quite honestly needing to maybe offload some contracts and start over the Jets being one of these teams. Paul Stastny is actually on this list from ESPN as a guy who is definitely on the trade block, and I would certainly rate him as one of the guys who is is going to be first off of Winnipeg's roster come trade deadline or maybe even before. He's definitely not somebody that's going to be part of Winnipeg's long-term plans, but you know, while he was here, I, I definitely think he gave a lot of great value to the team. He was an offensive catalyst for a couple of seasons, and uh, he was definitely one of the most valuable members of that magical 2017-2018 team. So, you know, he might not fetch a huge return at the trade deadline, but he will be a pretty decent veteran addition for a team looking to add a nice pivot or somebody who can occasionally play down the wing. Not that I would do that with him, but, you know, the Jets have done it recently. Not, again, not my preference, I would say, but he can do it. So maybe some team is going to think, oh, you know, this guy can do it all for us, even if at the age of 36, probably not my choice. Now, if there is one center on this list that I would be banging the table for the Jets to be pursuing, it's Pavel Zaka. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. That's not. <laughs> it's actually Dylan Strom from Chicago. Uh, Dylan, for me, is a very interesting player for a variety of reasons. I feel like because of the draft hype that came around him, he's always been miscast as somebody who has been walking in McDavid's shadow. He's not really the same kind of player. He's one of those guys who I think really was an excellent complimentary scorer. Somebody that could definitely slide in on your first or second line and be just a great finisher. He doesn't have like the world's greatest play driving ability and he does have some cosmetic flaws in his game but if you're looking for somebody who can punish the puck and can do it at both even strength and on the power play, Strom is an ideal addition. Now his contract situation is going to be a little bit of an eye-watering one. I could imagine him starting to push into like 
five and a half to six million dollars. The one benefit most teams will have in these negotiations is that his last couple of seasons haven't been all that astoundingly great. You know, he's got 21 points through 39 games this year, which is actually pretty decent, mind you. Uh, But aside from that past couple of years, it's been a little bit dry for the most part. He had a career high in 2018-2019, and then since then it's kind of been on the downward trend past couple of years. So Strom, I think, is a bet that I would be willing to take. He's 24, he's got good positional versatility if you want to play him out wide or as a uh, as your you know center, maybe a second line center for the Jets behind Pierre-Luc Dubois. And honestly, the Jets just really lack a lot of elite finishing talent. And while Strom might not be the world's most top-end finisher, I still think that he can contribute a lot, and especially on a power play that really needs a lot more versatility. Strom is kind of an easy bet. And I feel like the Jets might actually be able to get a decent deal for him, especially if teams are looking at his recent track record and thinking he's not as good as he used to be. He's the kind of player that I just feel is is a gem waiting to be uncovered. And if Winnipeg could get him for like a, a first and some prospects or something, I don't know, a package that could free a, a good young player and maybe send somebody back the other way that the Jets are okay with letting go in exchange for Strom, Again, I would be very interested. He's at the right age where I feel like he would be a part of this longer-term core, and I could definitely see him sliding in behind Pierre-Luc Dubois and honestly having a field day. He is maybe one of my top trade targets for the Jets to consider, especially as something more than just a rental, but I don't know if Winnipeg would really be interested in doing it right now. Maybe they approach him um, in the offseason, not somebody that they can just outright offer a contract to because he is still an RFA, but... Maybe a team doesn't really want to resign him long term, and so the Jets could offer something that's not too crazy expensive and bring him in on a really good deal. The last player, though, that we'll talk about is Pavel Zaka. I did make a joke about him earlier. Zaka, you know, he is what he is. I think he's probably an okay-ish, like, third or fourth line center. I don't really feel like his game has ever evolved into something that New Jersey was desperately dying for. I I think his points totals over the past couple of years have maybe been a little bit inflated with the ice time. ESPN, for some reason, thinks that this guy is really good and and like a potential 20-goal scorer, and I can be pretty certain that's just not going to happen. He is a consummate middle six to bottom six player, and if he ever hits like 20-plus goals, I I don't even know. It's going to be probably a product of just getting a lot of ice time. I don't really see anything in his game that suggests an elite score or like a, you know, even like a middle six score on the top end pushing like second line production. I just feel like he's lacking too much to be that kind of guy. And maybe some team is going to overpay for him, but I just hope it's not the Jets because I don't really feel like he would be the kind of scoring boost I would be looking for long term. There are some other interesting players who are going to be bigger options for teams looking for a little bit of a extra term or something, but We'll cover those on another episode along with some other positions like winger, maybe defense, and uh, even goaltending for some teams. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. I just wanted to say again, thank you so much for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. We'll be back tomorrow with some more Winnipeg Jets coverage. I'm hoping to get to talk about a win, but you know, with this team, always a, uh, always a bit of a surprise, huh? After you finish wrapping up here with Locked on Jets, though, be sure to make your second listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Rodon and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. 
It's free and available wherever you get your favorite media, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!